Welcome back to Chip and Chip reading through the Bible. Yeah. Two semi-ordinary, mostly bald pastors <laughs> reading through yeah. the scriptures. Chip and Chip. Chip and Chip. And that's a big, giant chocolate chip. Wow. Essentially, that's what Hershey Kisses are. Yeah. They're just a giant chocolate chip. I'm sorry if that disillusions anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> you didn't realize that. Yeah. <coughs> well, we, we came here to read the Bible and not we talk did. about my origins. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay, so yesterday we read the book of James. And before that, we were reading about how the gospel has moved to the Gentile nations, which is going to cause some boom. questions. Boom, boom. So we got some questions. Questions. How exactly are the Gentiles supposed to live out the gospel? Yeah. And these questions have far-reaching implications for Huge. us. Huge. Acts chapter 15, the council at Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of, of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles, too, were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But some of the believers, who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees, stood up and insisted, The Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we were all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted, as it is written, Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles, All those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, and from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. The letter for Gentile believers. Then the apostles and elders, together with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates, and they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church leaders, Judas, also called Barsabbas, and Silas. This is the letter they took with them. 
This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. The messengers were went at once to Antioch, where they called a general meeting of the believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. Yeah. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while, and then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace. Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. Paul and Barnabas separate. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. Acts chapter 16, Paul's second missionary journey. Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from the town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. A call from Macedonia. Next, Paul and Silas traveled throughout the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there, pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Lydia of Philippi believes in Jesus. Hmm. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace, and the next day we landed in Neapolis. From there... We reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. We stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Paul and Silas in prison. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. 
This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas, dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown in prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We're all here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe it in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. Mm. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let these men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said, you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, uh, the city officials... Uh, were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Wow. Yeah. I always say wow after we're done reading because I'm always kind of wowed by whatever we read. Yeah, it's really, yeah, really good. Pretty neat. All right. Well, that took us on a journey, a missionary journey, yeah. a second mm. missionary journey to semi-ordinary, mostly bald <laughs> pastors yeah. Most. reading an extraordinary book to some fantastic people Amen. with and two questions Amen. in mind. Okay. The first one's this, so what? And the second one is this, where's Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I should do so what? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Man, again, a, a lot of so what's here. I love how the gospel is is going out. I love how they're 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 preaching and teaching. They're encountering different challenges and obstacles, and but the gospel still goes. Mm-hmm. Lives are being transformed. You had um, Lydia. You know, she believed in Jesus. You had um, uh, the Philippian jailer. That was a crazy story. He was almost a goner in hell. Yeah, but yes. because I think, you know, Paul and, and they were rejoicing, you know, they were rejoicing in the Lord because God's in control. They were in jail and then God saw the release and, and this guy was saved. You know, he believed in Jesus and then he went to his family and told them and they believed and that, you know, the church just took off there because of that. It's just amazing. And I love that where regardless of whatever we're going through, 
whatever situation we find ourselves in. I mean, this guy's, you know, in prison and uh, still has joy in the Lord and singing. And God uses that to do great things. So how we respond to adversity can have a huge impact on those that are watching. Oh, for and sure. I'll tell you this, they're always watching. Yep. And especially today, you know, Christians, those of you, you know, who um, have believed in Jesus, you want to fully follow Jesus, you are being watched mm-hmm. closely. And we all are. And, and that's okay. You know, it's okay if we're doing it right, you know, and I think he was and is and, and or did, and God used it. And I would say, you know, really um, aspire to have the joy of the Lord like, like Paul did. And then he wrote the letter to the Philippians, you know, um, because the church was started there because of what happened with these two here. Right. And, and then wrote a church encouraging them, thanking them. And this letter of Philippians is all about, you know, uh, most of it is all about having joy in the Lord. And it's not, it's different than happiness. Happiness is basically, you know, it can come and go. It can, it's what happens to you. Joy is what happens in you. It's the power of God that transforms you to say, I trust you, I believe in you, no matter what I'm going through, and pray that you'd use it, whether I'm in prison or whatever, for your glory. And I think Paul had that disposition and mindset, and God used it. He saw many people believe as a result of that. So that's the takeaway. I love that. Yeah. These are the first believers in Europe. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. When you think about what Christianity, you know, how it will transform through Europe and and America and like just just watching how it came to Europe. It's just very interesting. Yeah. All right. So where is Jesus? Well, just like all year. <laughs> he's right there in the Old Testament. Hmm. Pretty incredible as we read from uh like a mishmash of Amos and um, Isaiah, hmm. you know, as James stands up and says, Brothers, listen to me. This is at the Jerusalem Council in 15. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted. As it's written, afterward I will return and restore the fallen house of David. That restoration is Jesus, the king. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. The Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. All those I've called to be mine. Excuse me. The Lord has spoken. So where's Jesus? Jesus is opening the floodgates of the kingdom of God, allowing everyone to enter, regardless of your previous religious convictions, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of what people group you belong to, the world uh, is now able to be saved through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's right there in the Old Testament. And that's what these yeah. guys were going off of. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. And to think they're deciding how should non-Jewish people live in light of Jesus. And James stands up and says, well, it says it right here in the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, and yet today we say, well, I'm not Jewish. I don't need the Old Testament. Mm. Fool. Mm. <laughs> That's foolish. Yeah. yeah. So just pretty cool. It's great. Yeah, I, cool. I circle no distinction. He made no distinction between right. us and them. 
Yes. And, and we're doing a lot of that. There's a lot of distinctions going on today. Yep. And uh, he made no distinction so that all can be saved. And uh, everybody's transformed by the good news of Jesus. Absolutely. God's love and grace. And this is, you know, these Jewish believers in, in Jerusalem here are now reaching out to Gentiles. Mm-hmm. A few years earlier, no chance. Remember how mad they were that Peter even ate with a Gentile? Yeah. No chance, mm-hmm. but the gospel is the source of equality. There's no distinction. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good job, guys, reading with us today, the book of Acts. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Tomorrow, we'll be in a different book. Tomorrow, we are in a different book. Yeah. Oh, You'll have to find good. out what book it is. Come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow Please to find come out back. what you book. You better come back. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll never know that we're in the book of Galatians. You never know. <laughs>